Okay, so today we are Genesis 35 to 37. In this first part, we just, we see God tells Jacob to go to Bethel. And we see that his sons are holding on to lots of gods. And so even though this, you know, God has been clearly leaving their, leading their father, uh, grandfather, great-grandfather, um, that, you know, they're, they're still hanging on to, to other idols rather than just focusing on God. And, and the fact that he's, he's blessed them, you know, they have his promise. But Jacob has them put all those away, and then he goes, and there's a great moment where Jacob's name is uh, changed to Israel, as we tend to know him best. So God gives him the, the same covenant, promise, blessing that he gave his father and grandfather, and says, I'll make you a nation. And you know, here we see the first time he's truly becoming a nation, because now it's not just one kid that's carrying this promise, but he's uh, establishing 12 tribes with his 12 kids. Although that technically becomes a little different later, but, but basically uh, 12 tribes are established. Actually, it's kind of interesting, Van, you mentioned the other day that uh, we're talking about the 12 tribes, the 12 disciples, and how one was replaced. A similar thing sort of happens with the, with the 12 tribes because Joseph becomes two tribes uh, Levi doesn't have land, um, so in a way there's kind of a replacement there as well. Then we see Benjamin born, and then Reuben, the oldest, uh, commits a terrible sin. And, uh, you know, there, there's a big consequence to him for that. Uh, Reuben ends up not being a, a uh, particularly important or distinguished tribe um, even though he's firstborn and that's kind of a principle that we often see in God's family the, first of all the principle of the rights of the firstborn is a very established principle but then you also see that uh, the younger is chosen over the older against the first principle quite often and of course we uh, Jesus was the second Adam, so we see that similar principle at work there. And uh, and then you know uh, Isaac dies, and um, Esau and Jacob bury him, and then we move on to uh, chapter thirty-six. Then we see kind of the establishment of, of the nation of Edom through Esau, and we kind of see that established. And you know something to remember when Moses brings the people out of Israel. Um, in the next the next book, um, that's only like four or five generations removed from uh, Esau. I've never I've never studied these names, but I, I wonder if some of these names that are listed right here in this chapter come up later. Um, it, but nonetheless, it's not that many generations removed. So I mean, they know that they're related. And the rest of the chapter just just tells you how the nation was formed and the different leaders and I don't see any reason to go into that and then we move into Genesis 37 so we see Joseph uh, tattling on his older brothers <laughs> we don't know exactly what they did we see uh, uh, we see that Jacob loves Joseph more than than all the others he gives him a special robe or tunic and um, 
and his brothers uh, hate him. They they can't be. They can't have peaceful relations with him because of their jealousy. And then Joseph has a dream. And uh, you know God's clearly showing Joseph what's going to happen, and Joseph's feeling puffed up from it and uh, sharing it, uh, perhaps probably not wisely. Uh, and of course they uh, they're more jealous because they say, "Well, you think you're going to be our ruler now? You're our little brother." And um, you know their animosity is kind of growing there. He has another very similar dream. He shares it again. Didn't learn his lesson. And now even his father is upset. He says, well, you're, you know, now you're saying, I'm going to bow down to you. That's, that's not the proper order. What are you talking about? But his father's a little more mature and at least kind of contemplates it and wonders if there's uh, some deeper meaning in it. But his brothers are very jealous. Then Jacob sends Joseph to his brothers. His brothers are watching the flocks. And then the uh, you know their their work against Joseph begins. Most of the brothers want to kill him. Reuben actually stands up for him and says, "Let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in a pit." And his real plan is to come back and rescue him later. I guess he figured he couldn't. Uh, he wasn't in a position to boss his brothers around, and so he figured he would go save Joseph and bring him back to his father later. And so they do it. They throw him in a pit. And then they have uh, some cousins coming by, some Ishmaelites. So these would be their grandfathers, uh, grandfathers, half-brothers, sons. Of course, you know, they had so many wives and so many kids that, um, I mean, that's a fairly close cousin. But I think because of this, they... living in different parts without communication. They probably didn't feel as close as people feel to their cousins today in, in this country. Um, and, but anyways, they come by and uh, they sell, the, uh, they change their mind and sell Joseph into slavery to the Ishmaelites. And it's this time Judah who kind of stands up for him. Uh, it, it's a little unclear as Judah standing up for him because he doesn't feel great about killing him or because he wants to make a little money. But one way or another, Judah's idea is to to sell Joseph instead of just letting him die. Now, I guess Reuben had left maybe before the lunch. Because he later returns to the pit, seeming to think Joseph is still in there, and he's not there. So he's upset. And when people were upset back then, they would tear their clothing. It's unclear to me why they, they just devised the story about Joseph after Reuben figures out that he's not there. Wouldn't they have devised a story before? I I don't know, that's not clear. It's not clear where each of the brothers is and how this exactly goes down, but one way or another, they take the robe, or the tunic, they dip it in blood, and they they show it to Jacob so that they can uh, basically tell him that, hey, your favorite son Joseph has been killed by animals. Here's his... Here's his robe. You think this is him? Of course, they're setting him up, and he he thinks that Joseph has died. And Joseph gets sold into slavery into Egypt to Potiphar, who is the captain of Pharaoh's bodyguard. So uh, an important man in Egypt now owns Joseph, and that's how we end chapter 37. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I pray God blesses you.